this morning, um, we're not going to be looking in the book of Acts today. This may come as a shock. But um, what, what I actually want to do today is do a, a Bible survey on the theme of Thanksgiving. Now, if you know me, you, not, you know I'm not much of a holiday guy, you know. Uh, uh, I think Romans talks about, you know, there's two kinds of people. So there's some who view uh, some days above others, and there's others who view every day the same. And I'm the second guy. I'm the guy who views every day the same. If no one else called any day a holiday, I wouldn't uh, be in it. So I'm not much of a holiday guy, but I think it is important to remember uh, Thanksgiving, understand the theme of Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving is not just the day that we have on the calendar where we know we're going to get off work and we're going to eat turkey. Thanksgiving, when we look at all of the scriptures, uh, as Christians, as God's people, Thanksgiving is something that really should mark our lives. Thanksgiving is not just a once a year thing. In fact, Uh, I think we're all going to be convicted this morning just to see how much of our lives need to have that thanksgiving towards God. Um, So I want to uh, do that survey, and we're not going to look at everything. It's not going to be an exhaustive survey, but I just want to touch on what the Bible teaches on the theme of thanksgiving, and it's really going to be a challenge to me. So if you hear me talking about how we do things and how we fall short, I'm mostly talking about myself. And if you can insert yourself there, then uh, that's helpful. But uh, something that I'm realizing and uh, something that we see in the world around us is that we are very thankless people sometimes. You've heard of the phrase thankless job, right? Uh, Well, Oftentimes, uh, we are thankless, not in the sense that we don't receive thanks, but in the sense that we often don't give the thanks that is due to God. So uh, this morning, that's what we're going to do. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, ask for his, his aid as we undergo this study. Our Father, we are thankful. We are thankful that we do have this time to come together to read your word. And we so often just say that because it's part of our prayer, but we truly are thankful that you did reveal yourself to us, that you spoke to us, that you sent your son for us. We're thankful for all the blessings that we receive. Help us this morning as we look at your word, as we remember all the good that you have done for us, as we remember who you are and the fact that you are worthy of our thanksgiving I pray that you would help us, help us to be people who are marked by giving thanks to you. We ask you, ask for your blessing in this time, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So, something interesting that I found uh, that I thought would be interesting to read, just as a contrast between where we as a nation are, we as a people are, compared to uh, where we were just a few hundred years ago. Thanksgiving, as we know, is a national holiday. Uh, if, um, if Thanksgiving was not a holiday, uh, I feel as if uh, it would be impossible to get such a concept uh, accepted today because the very idea of Thanksgiving carries the idea that there is someone that we give thanks to. 
And when Thanksgiving was recognized as a holiday, uh, I want to read what uh, George Washington said on Thanksgiving. And we can recognize uh, George Washington, perhaps not a perfect Christian. We can recognize the United States. Not, uh, I'm not going to get into the argument of whether or not we're a Christian nation, but I think we can recognize that uh, if we weren't, we were far closer to it back then than we were now. So I want to read uh, the address that George Washington gave uh, when Thanksgiving was formally recognized. And I just want us to hear this and to contrast that to where we are today. Washington says this, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly implore his protection and favor, and whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by the acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to, the devo- next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being, who is the, bene- uh, the beneficent author of all good that was, that is, or will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his care and protection of the people of this country, previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable impossessions of his providence, which we experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty, which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the National One, Capital one, uh, capital O, one, now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge and in the general and in general for all the great and various favors which he hath been pleased to confer upon us. And also that way that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed, to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as have shown kindness unto us, and to, bl- and to bless them with good government, peace, and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue, and the increase of science among them, among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best. Could you imagine if we heard something like that on the TV today from one of our officials? You wouldn't even hear something like that out of a lot of pastors who were on TV today. And uh, I use pastors in quotes for a lot of these guys. But what an amazing thing, uh, recognizing that... 
we need to recognize our Creator who has blessed us with so many wonderful things, who alone knows what is best for us. Uh, and we do this to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. Uh, amazing things that you wouldn't see. And, and it really does show how far short we have fallen from that. Thanksgiving these days is what? Well, it's the excuse to get together with family. It usually comes with a lot of stress of travel since we all live so far away from one another. And we know that it's the day before everything goes on sale and I can get everything that I wanted this year that I've had my eye on. That's all that Thanksgiving has really turned into. And as Christians, at least for me, that attitude of Thanksgiving Man, has, has that fallen short of what it is to be? As Christians, we are to be people who are marked with thanksgiving. One of the marks of the world that we see around us is ungratefulness. And we see that ungratefulness expressed in so many ways. One of the ways that it is expressed is covetousness, right? What does God say? You shall not covet. And yet, uh, it seems like almost our entire, entire economy at this point runs on covetousness. We all here in this room, if we're living in the United States and we're not in a cardboard box, who all took a warm shower this morning or last night, right? We all have far more than we need. And yet, how often do we think about the things that we have, the things that we've been blessed with, uh, compared to the things that we want, and again, I'm not saying that we can't have material blessings. I'm, say, I'm not saying it's wrong to want things. But how often do we stop and consider the fact that everything we have has been given to us by the hand of God? How often do we just stop and give thanks to God because of who he is? How often do we stop and think of God and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for who you are, for all that you are, for what you have done. As Christians not even as Christians, as people created by God, as his creation, we are obligated to give thanks to God because of who he is and because of who we are. By the very fact that we exist, we ought to know that we need to give thanks to our creator. If you turn with me to the book of Revelation, we see uh, a, a picture of this. Revelation chapter 4. Verse 9, and I'm not going to get too deep into everything that's going on. This is a scene from heaven looking at these four creatures in heaven and their activities. And we read in Revelation chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 8, the four living creatures, each of them having six wings, full of eyes around them and within, and day and night they did not cease, and saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So these creatures whose sole purpose is to praise God and to cry out that he is holy, holy, holy. And in verse 9 we read this, And when the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and him who lives forever. So what is the purpose of these creatures? Well, one of those purposes is to give glory and honor and thanks to him who lives forever. Thanks for what? These aren't creatures who were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. These are heavenly creatures, always in the presence of God. And yet, because they are creatures and because God is who he is, one of their obligations, one of their duties, and one of the things that they carry out is the thanksgiving to God. 
they sit around and uh, offering praise and thanksgiving to God, simply by virtue of the fact that God is who he is and they are his creatures. They were created by God and God is God. We see something similar in Revelation chapter 7. So if you turn just a page, we read in Revelation chapter 7, verses 11 and 12, And all the angels were standing around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. So these creatures are saying forever and ever thanksgiving is obligated. We are obligated to give thanksgiving to God because of who God is and because of who we are as his creatures. Revelation chapter 11, we see something uh, again, a, a similar scene. Revelation chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. And then the 24 elders who sit on the thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God, the Almighty, who are and who were, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. So even in heaven, even in heaven, we have thanksgiving that is continually offered before God. We who are God's creatures, because we are created by God, because everything we are, everything we have ultimately comes from him, we are obligated to give God thanks. And that is simply by virtue of the fact that we are creatures, that God made us. Even, uh, and we read, and if we turn with me to Rev, uh, Romans chapter 1, we see that, Romans chapter 1 with me, we see the obligation that we all have to give thanks to God. And we don't need special revelation to see this. We don't need the Bible to tell us this, though it does, and though we often do have to refer to what the Bible teaches. But the very fact that God created us and placed us in creation is enough for us to give thanks to God. And that's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. He's speaking of unbelieving mankind. And what does he say? Even though they knew God, they knew him through creation, they uh, know that he exists because of his invisible attributes, the eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen through what has been made. But even though they knew him, they did not honor him or give thanks. So what is the natural duty of mankind? To honor God and give thanks. And we know this just simply by the fact that we are created. The theme of thanksgiving runs throughout scriptures. If we Look to the Old Testament. There are a number of psalms of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God simply for who he is. Because God is God and because I am his creature, I am obligated to give him thanks. Psalm 100. If you turn to Psalm 100, uh, this is a psalm of thanksgiving. Uh, it even has it in the title. And I recognize you know, a lot of these uh, headings in our Bibles aren't necessarily inspired, but uh, we have a psalm of thanksgiving to God in Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
So the psalmist recognizing God is the one who made us. Therefore, because God made us and we did not make ourselves, shout thanksgiving to the Lord. Shout with gladness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give him thanks. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Thanks is given to God simply because he is God and we are his creature. And what an amazing contrast to what is expected of us simply by virtue of the fact that we're created by God and, and how things are today. We look at the world around us and, and we see, uh, well, think of ki- children, right? How do children, what are, the ch- what are children's expectations of parents? Well, the children's expectations of parents is that parents take care of their every need, uh, that if they want to play with a to- if they want to be entertained, they get entertained. If they want fed, they get fed. Uh, whatever it might be, in the mind of children, it is the parent's job to meet their every need. And how often, when your children were young, did you get thanks from those children? You probably had to teach them to say thank you. I know that's how it is with our children, right? These children don't realize everything they have, yeah, everything that they receive comes from their parents. And how do they respond to that? Well, they respond with a great amount of entitlement. Uh, I know if, <laughs> and you want proof of this, just tell your young child or grandchild no when they ask for something and see how they respond, right? And oftentimes that is how it is with us. God, I'm here and it's your job to take care of me. It's your job to give me what I want. Isn't that often our attitude? And how often are we so thankless towards God, just as young children can be thankless towards their parents? When the reality is, that child, just as that child needs to recognize, hey, you came from them, and you know, you may have even said this as a parent, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of it, right? But they brought you into this world. Everything that you have, all the blessings that uh, surround you, the house, the food, the love, and the care, all of that graciously given to the child. Because, and, and why? Because that child deserves it? No, absolutely not. Because the parent loves them. And that's, in a way, how it is with God. God brings us into creation. He gives us everything around us. And what do we do? We are often so thankless. And yet, we see a theme throughout Scripture is we give thanks to God because he made us. He made us. Uh, turn to Psalm uh, 139. We all know this psalm well. Psalm 139. Psalm of David. Verse thir- starting in verse 13. This is what David says to God. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it well. David giving thanks to God because he was created, because he was made. How often do we consider who we are and do we just say, thank you, God, that I'm here? And again, we get so much of the opposite of this. People treat life as if it is just a burden, 
Life is just miserable. Uh, Life is just filled with all kinds of distress. You live a miserable 60, 70, 80 years and you die and that's the end. Isn't that the attitude of so many people? Their only hope is maybe, just maybe, I can work hard enough for the first 60 years that I'll be able to enjoy some of it during retirement. Isn't that the, the view of so many people? I saw an amazing story uh, not too long ago. I, I, some, some guy in his, his uh, mid to late 20s was actually suing his parents because his parents gave birth to him, and he did not consent to being born. In this person's mind, life is so unbearable that it would have been better if I was not even born. That's not the attitude that we see with David. And that's not, and uh, that's what, uh, what does David say? You form my inward parts. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you. You made me. You took great care in putting me together, in bringing me into this world, in giving me everything that I have and all that I am. Now, one of the uh, amazing arguments that we hear in favor of putting children to death in the womb is that, oh, their life is just going to be so hard and miserable, it's better that they be put to death. Life is so worthless to so many people that they say it's better off just not lived. And here's David saying, oh, God, you made me, you gave me life, you gave me breath, you gave me everything that I have, and all I can do is give you thanks. We're so thankless in this world because we've become so convinced that there's not a God who provides us these things. And no matter how many things we receive, uh, we're still miserable because of it. We're miserable because we don't have a God to, we, in so many people's minds, there's not a God to give thanks to. They don't recognize, just as the child doesn't recognize, all of the good things that God has done. And thanks is given for the good things that God has done. Yes, we're obligated to give God thanks simply for the fact that he created us. We are not owed anything by God. Therefore, anything from God that we receive, we owe him thanks. And yet, on top of giving us life, on top of us being his creatures made in his image, he blesses us all with so many things. He does so many good things for us in our lives. The psalmist in Psalm 9, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. It says this, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Do we go through life with that attitude of just seeing all the many things that God has done for us? And do we exult in God and give praise to his name? Or oftentimes, this is at least true with me, um, if I were to tally, you know, if I, or if I were to make a chart or whatever else it might be of thanksgiving towards God versus complaints, I, I know which list is going to be bigger, right? And you might think, well, what do you have to complain about? And that's the reality, right? Uh, we receive so many things from God, and yet, because we don't give thanks, we feel so entitled in so many ways. And yet, the, here's the psalmist saying that, I will tell of all your wonders, right? When we talk to people, we usually want to talk about the bad things going on, don't we? How often do we say, oh, today's going great. This is what God has done for me. This is what God is doing in my life. How often do we do that? 
And I think part of it is we're so surrounded by bad news that that's all, we're so used to bad news that that's all that we can really regurgitate, right? Uh, That's at least how it can be for me. How often when someone asks me, oh, how are things going? Oh, yeah, pretty good for me, but man, everything around me is going pretty terribly, isn't it? Didn't you watch the news last night? Did you see this? Ah. And, you know, we can rightfully recognize horrible things going on. But how many times do we say of God, I will tell of all your wonders? How many times does someone come and we start talking and say, man, God is just so good, isn't he? Yeah, he woke me up this morning. He yeah, woke me up from a warm bed. I wasn't on a concrete floor when I woke up. Gave me breakfast, gave me a nice warm shower, brought me here safely. So many things. Psalm 18, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy of being praised. I'm saved from my enemies. So the psalmist here is talking about all the ways that God saves him. How many things has God preserved us from in our lives? I know this is a prayer that uh, I, I at least pray it sometimes, probably not as often as I should, but especially after long trips, I think, wow, how many times could... We have collided with another vehicle in this, and yet God kept me safe. How many things did God keep me safe from uh, throughout this journey, throughout this day? The psalmist is saying, my God is my rock. He is my refuge. He has kept me safe. He's kept me safe from my enemies. He goes on and says, the Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who executes vengeance for me and subdues people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Surely you lift above me those who rise up against me. You rescue me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you among the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises of your name. He gives great deliverance to his king, and he shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Look at what God has done in our lives. Look what he has protected us from. Look at, da- look at the life of David. How many times could have David been killed? How many times could have his enemies uh, easily taken over? How many times could have it have all fallen apart? But it didn't. And we can look and recognize all kinds of human elements working together. But David ultimately recognizes, no, it was God. He protected me from all of these things. God brought me to where I am. Thanks is given for God's mercy, right? How often do we say, God, thank you for not giving me exactly what I deserve today, right? How often do we say, uh, thank you, God, that uh, the justice that is due to me was not carried out on me. Isaiah chapter 12 says this. This is speaking of the people of Israel. You will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Man, Isn't that a prayer that we could pray every day? For although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Isn't that the exact opposite, right? When children do something wrong, they can expect some kind of retaliation, right? That's our expectation. And yet, uh, how shocking is it uh, that God, instead of giving us exactly as we deserve, he comforts us. 
His mercies are new every morning. What if we were treated as we deserve just for yesterday? Where would we all be? And yet, here God has brought us here together to worship him, to give thanks. Rather than giving us what we deserve, he comforts us. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. What an amazing thing. Giving thanks. And we can give thanks in all circumstances. Think of some of the circumstances these saints were in and these uh, Old Testament saints were in as they're giving thanks, right? Uh, Again, I brought it up, but we're spoiled here, aren't we? We are so uh, spoiled. Um, You know, what... uh, who, who can give thanks more, you know, who, who, who is more obligated to give thanks than we who have received so many blessings from God? And yet, oftentimes when we find ourselves uh, in a place that we really don't want to be, it's hard to give thanks. But some of the most convicting things is when you hear of saints from other nations, places that uh, they don't have nearly the blessings that we have, just the amount of joy and thanks that they have. And it doesn't even have to be from here. Think of, there are even people here in this room that have undergone some very horrible things in their life. And yet they are able to say of God, oh, thank you. Thank you for everything that you have given me. Thank you for everything that you have blessed me with. Thank you even for the situation that I find myself in because God, I know you are using this for my good and your glory. An example of this that we see is with Daniel. We remember Daniel, he was part of exiled Israel, taken away from his land, the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had now deported Israel for their sins. And Daniel, he got a nice uh, position, but we read in Daniel chapter 6 about a document, a, 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 an, uh, a, a law that was signed in that said that he was not allowed to pray to the Lord. Prayer was only to be offered to the king. But what's Daniel's response? I don't know what my response would be. Time to take up arms. This is not right. Time to, compl- time to complain, right? And that's really what it is. It's time to complain. But what does Daniel do? When Daniel knew the document was signed, he entered his house. Now his roof chamber had windows towards Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before God as he had previously done. Hey, Daniel, you know your worship is illegal. Oh, that's fine. Lord, I'm so thankful. Thank you for putting me here. Thank you for drawing me to yourself. Thank you for all your mercies. And he ends up getting thrown in the lion's den. Giving thanks in all circumstances. We need to give thanks for all things, right? Recognizing everything comes from the hand of God. And again, we can rag on covetousness and things like that, but God does indeed bless us with so many material things, doesn't he? And I'm thankful for that, and we should enjoy those things. He gives us these things that we can enjoy them, right? We uh, recognize that they all come from him, you know, even our food, you know? We often say, a word of thanks before meals, and I I think even for me, it turns into just an automatic thing. That's just the thing you do before you eat. But what are we doing when we're giving thanks for our food? Well, we're recognizing, who are we thanking for it? We're thanking God. Why do I thank God for my food? Well, because I recognize that it ultimately comes from Him. 
We see this example even with the Lord Jesus. We remember with the loaves and the fish, Jesus has people sit down. He took the seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks, he broke them. And he gave them to his disciples, and his disciples gave them to the people. So what's Jesus doing? Acknowledging God has been the one who has provided us with this food. What does Jesus say? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And one of those things, again, we take for granted, it's because we think we're so self-sufficient, right? We think we're so able to do things. Oh, I can take care of myself. Uh, We often think, oh, if if things were to go bad, how long could I take care of myself? Oh, I could take care of myself. I've got enough food for a month, and uh, I've got enough ammo to get myself more food for, (laughs) right? That's how we think of things. How can I take care of myself? But what we're doing is we're failing to recognize everything that we've received. The very meal that we're going to eat after this has been given to us directly from the hand of God. Given to us directly by the hand of God. The Apostle Paul says this, But if any of one of you says, This meat is sacrificed to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one inform- who informed you, and for conscience sake, so he's talking about whether or not you can eat meat sacrificed to idols. And what the Apostle Paul says this is, If I partake with thankfulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I give thanks? Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Paul says, I give thanks for this and I eat this meat to the glory of God. What do we do to the glory of God? Do we ever stop and think? Do we, even after we take a glass of water, do we say, to the glory of God? Have we ever stopped and thought, how amazing is it that I can just go to a sink? I can go to any sink, right? And just turn it and there, water. I can have as much as I need right? I can have as much as I want. Do it to the glory of God. Do we enjoy the food that we have to the glory of God? Do we enjoy all of our other material blessings to the glory of God, recognizing that God is a kind God, and he gives us these things, and we should thank him for it. I'm not saying we all you know, we don't need to become monks, right? We don't need to separate ourselves from the things that God gives us because God gives us these things so that we would enjoy them, but we should only enjoy them so far as they lead us back to God. So often we just enjoy the thing for the thing itself, and that really does lead to idolatry. Isn't that the, uh, isn't that the really real driving force of idolatry, taking the thing that is created and worshiping it rather than the creator? The things that we do need to direct us back to God, and they can do that in us giving thanks for them. In all things, giving thanks. Are we thankful for the job that we have? Are we thankful for where God has us here in this life? The Apostle Paul says this to Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service though I was formerly a blasphemer and persecutor and a violent aggressor. Paul says, I'm thankful for where God has placed me despite the things that would disqualify me. Here I was, an enemy of God, and what does Christ do? He puts me into his service as an apostle, and I thank him for it. 
Where has God placed you? Right? We recognize God's sovereignty over our lives. We recognize his providence. We recognize that we are where we are because God has placed us there. Are we thankful for where God has placed us? Do we complain about our lot in life? Or do we recognize, no, God has called me to a service, and at this moment, this is where God has called me to, and God, I am thankful that you have placed me here. Again, something that I've always been good at, and you can just ask people who know me well, something I've always been good at is complaining. I can always find something wrong with any, I can find something wrong with anything, right? Uh, It's it's just kind of how I am. Uh, in, in a lot of ways. Thankfully, by God's grace, I'm, I'm getting a little bit better. You should have met me my first few years at Emmaus Bible College. Uh, something my friends did for entertainment is they would bring up something about Emmaus that I didn't like just because they, they could get me going for about 10 minutes uh, complaining, and they thought it was funny, right? But again, how thankful are we despite our circumstances around us? Are we thankful for where God has placed us? Are we recognizing, okay, God, I'm here. Thank you for this. Thank you for the many blessings that come from it. And now, how can I uh, repay you? How can I work in light of where you have placed me? So Paul's not only thankful for the salvation that he's received, but for the service that God has called him to perform, right? Thankless jobs. We've heard of thankless jobs. I've talked about thankless jobs, but are we thankless for our job? I think sometimes we can be. Sometimes we can view where we're at as, uh, that's not as spiritual as where I would like it to be, right? Um, you know, we don't think of, you know, we think, oh, there's, there's the spiritual jobs. That's, that's what Alex does. That's a spiritual job. But then there's the, there's the less than spiritual jobs, and that, that's maybe what I do. Well, that's not the truth, right? Because wherever we are, we are where God has placed us. You want a less than spiritual job? Try carpentry. Not necessarily the most spiritual job, but that's the job that Jesus worked the first 30 years of his life. And what did God say the life of Jesus? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Before a single sermon was preached, before a single disciple was called, working where God had placed him, and what does God say? Well pleased. Are we thankful for where God has placed us? Are we thankful for our salvation? Do we consider our salvation and really what that cost? The Apostle Paul says this to the Thessalonians, For this reason we, are, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, you heard it from us, and you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. So he says, when I hear about what God is doing. When I hear about how you believed, I thank God, right? And what's our first uh, thought? Well, when you hear about something that someone does, don't you typically thank that person? But what's Paul do? When I heard you believed, I thanked God, right? Because Paul recognizes the source of salvation. So he says this also to the Thessalonians uh, in Second Thessalonians, the next letter he wrote to them. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, Because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Holy Spirit and faith in in the truth. It was for this that he called you through our gospel, so that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank God for the gift of salvation and what he has done. Once we recognize 
uh, all that God has done. And oftentimes we don't even think about it, right? Our salvation story is our story. That's my story, right? This is what I did. This is how, this is how I uh, came to faith, and, and right? There's some reality there. But do we point back to the ultimate source of God and give thanks for what he is doing? Here's one. Are we thankful for our fellow believers? This is what Paul writes to the Romans. First, I thank my God through Christ Jesus for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. Paul's thankful for his fellow believers in Rome. And he's thankful for what God is doing for them. He's thankful for them and he has that desire to express that thankfulness. He has the desire to see them. What does he say? For God, when I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers making request, if perhaps now at the last by the will of God that I may succeed in coming to you. So Paul's thankfulness is not just expressed in thankfulness towards God, but what's he saying? I'm so thankful for you and I want to be with you. I want to get with you. I want to bless you in this way. And I pray to God for you all that I would be able to take this opportunity. To the Corinthians, Paul says this, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. And this is the Corinthians. This was a messy bunch of people, the Corinthians. Now we can think of people who are pretty messy, right? And don't, don't bring that person into your mind. No, no, we're not doing that, right? But we can think of people who are pretty messy. And usually what's our thought towards them? Ugh. How, how easy would it be if that person was just somewhere else, right? Isn't that often how we might think? But what does Paul say of the Corinthians? I thank my God concerning you. Messy bunch of people. And yet Paul says, I'm thankful for you. What's he say to the Corinthians? I can't wait to be with you. I need to bless you. I want to see you walking in light with Christ. We need to be thankful. Thankful for our fellow believers. Thankful at all times and in all things. To the Colossians, Paul writes this, Let the peace of, God, of Christ rule in your hearts, to which is indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Thankful for the peace of Christ. Thankful that we have been called to this body. Are we thankful that we can come here? Are we th- when we look at the people around us, do we say of God, I am thankful for this person. I am thankful to be here. And do we mean it genuinely? Because guess what? God has placed us with the people that we are with for that very purpose, right? God knows far better than we do what we need. And guess what God has said? I am putting you here. And what should our attitude be? Thankfulness that God has placed us where we are, that he is doing what he is doing in our lives. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word and deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever we do in word or deed, wherever we find ourselves, whatever situation God has placed before us, are we thankful? Are we thankful to God? Are we recognizing who we are as his creature? Are we recognizing that God knows exactly what he's doing in our lives? And are we thanking him for it? 
Are we thanking him for it? To the Thessalonians, he writes, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, we might wonder, what is the will of God for my life? What would God have me do? Uh, And, you know, we come up with all kinds of fun ways to figure out, what's God's will for my life? What does he want me to do here in this situation? Hmm, let's check it out. I'm going to turn to a random page in the Bible, put my finger here, and Judas went out and hanged himself. Ooh, that doesn't help. What is God's will for our life? Well, guess what? Here it is, right here to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for your life. And all things and everything give thanks. And we can do this wherever we might find ourselves to be. The Apostle Paul was a perfect example of this. Paul had a pretty distressing life. He recounts a number of his tragedies. One that's recorded in the book of Acts was him being taken in a prison ship to Rome where he would be tried and he may even uh, face death. And this ship was encountering troubles in the sea to the point where even the seasoned captain believed that everyone would die. But what does Paul do? He tells him, encourage everyone to take some food. This is for your preservation, for not a hair of your head will perish. And as he's in the middle of the sea, and they've been fighting this for about two weeks, day and night. And what does Paul do? He sits, he takes bread, and gives thanks to God in the presence of all. And he breaks it, and he begins to eat. And all were encouraged, and they themselves also took the food. When we're on that prison ship, Are we going to be marked by an attitude of thankfulness to God? Do we recognize that God is far bigger than our situation, our circumstances, that God knows exactly where we are, and that God says, you need to give thanks to me for where you are at? Do we recognize this? So this is just a, there's a lot more we could have done. We're pretty much out of time, but... We need, to remind, we need this reminder, I need this reminder to give thanks. Give thanks to God for who he is, for who we are as his creatures. He's our creator, we're his creation. We need a reminder that every good thing that we have comes from God, purely from his kindness and his grace, and therefore we are to give thanks. We need the reminder that God has given us a family of believers. As we look around one another, as we consider one another, we need to love one another, Pray for one another. Give thanks for one another. We need to remember that in every situation we find ourselves in, we are to give thanks, recognizing God's power over our lives in all things. And I'd like to close this message in a, in a little bit of a different way. If you would pull out your blue book, I want us all to sing number 371 in the blue book, just to cap this off. A thousand, a thousand Thanksgivings.
And our Father, we do thank you for this time that we've had together, this reminder of who you are, of who we are, and the many blessings that you have given us. I pray that we would be a people who are marked by thanksgiving to you, recognizing who we are, your many blessings, and that your glory would be shown through that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.